Hi, I'm Simon Drew, and you're listening to the Practical Stoic Podcast. If you'd like to find more episodes of the show, as well as articles and information about my one-on-one alignment coaching, then you can head to my website. It's simonjedrew.com. If you do have the means to support the show, then I'd love to see you in my Patreon community. Just go to patreon.com forward slash simonjedrew, where you'll also get access to over 240 episodes recorded before 2020. But for now, enjoy the show. Hey everyone, thank you so much for spending your hard-earned time here with me, Simon Drew, on the Practical Stoic Podcast. So, uh, guys, today I really wanted to do a a bit of a review episode. You'll probably remember a few months ago I did a bit of a, a, a half-year review um, going through a few of the lessons that I'd learned and a few of the lessons that I'm still hoping to learn. Uh, I, I don't really want to update on that. Um, I'll do that uh, towards the end of the year. Uh, but today, I really wanted to just touch base with you guys and let you know a few updates, things that are happening. First of all, uh, I'm I'm pretty excited. I'm pretty happy uh, with what's just happened because I'm reaching this point in the year that I've been kind of looking forward to uh, throughout the uh, the second half of this year, uh, and that's the point where I have now finally finished uh, handing in my last assignments, doing my last exams at university. Um, and so, I mean, permitting the fact that I, I will hopefully pass all of these things and these classes, uh, it looks like uh, I will be finished wi- with my degree, but uh, uh, we'll, we'll, we'll see what happens, hey? Um, but it, it's, it's a good moment, and um, I'm really just so glad that I made that call and said, hey, uh, how many credit points have I got left? And then found out that I had forty credit points. So yeah, it was just it was just such a such a good opportunity to go back and and yeah, oh my gosh, uh, what what a what a wonderful time it was to go back and focus a little bit more on the music side of things and to develop my own creativity a little bit more. Um, and you know, do some really interesting research. Uh, some of which I'm going to be sharing on the podcast because. Uh, one of the things that I've been uh, really thinking about in the past couple of months is the the life and wisdom of the beautiful uh, jazz trumpeter. He wouldn't want you to call him a jazz musician, but the beautiful trumpeter and musician, uh, Miles Davis, uh, one of the wisest people to ever live. And, uh, and I'm going to be sharing some more um, wisdom from him in some coming episodes on the show uh, while I'm on a bit of a work trip. But uh, yeah, apart from that, um, just a, a wonderful time and uh, experience to go back and reconnect with with a lot of the reasons why I went to uh, to do a degree in music in the first place. And speaking of which, uh, some pretty exciting news as well. Uh, I, I've probably mentioned to I know I've mentioned to all of my Patreon supporters. I probably mentioned it on the podcast that I've been. Uh, writing a book and also composing my first uh, original album um, and actually my first piano album as well Um, and both of those are nearing completion um, you know with some agents looking uh, I'm sending it out to agents seeing what I can kind of find seeing if anything sticks Um, the book is kind of strange and uh, the reason is 
because I, I always thought that I would uh, be writing... I always thought that I'd be writing a, a book about, you know, stoicism, like a guide to stoicism, a guide to something philosophical. Uh, it is definitely philosophical, but it's definitely not a guide to stoicism. Um, you know, when I started writing it, uh, in fact, I don't even know if there was a point when I started writing it. There was a point where I wrote down uh, this brief little tale that just came to my mind, sort of like a dream. It was very strange. Um, and then that kind of turned into the book. And it's uh, the complete opposite of anything that I ever thought that I would write. I never thought that I would write anything like this. It's kind of a mix of philosophical, theological, metaphysical ideas uh, mixed into a sort of a poetic tale um, of a poet and his inner sage. Uh, but that's all I'm going to mention now because it's 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 quite strange and um, I'm, I'm sending it out to a few people. Uh, but due to the very uh, strange nature of the book and the uh, difficulty of categorizing it... Um, you know, we'll see what happens. Uh, is is what I'm saying. Uh, I think I've resigned myself to the fact that if if I don't find an agent within you know a couple of months or two, three, four months, um, I really just want to get this book out to you guys because it uh, it it means so much to me, and I know that it could be uh, you know something that could uh, really enhance your own perspectives. Um, and uh, the process of writing it was just unbelievable. But, um, you know, so that plus, you know, composing my first uh, original album on piano um, was just absolutely beautiful. Um, I'm really excited to get that out to you guys as well. It's it's almost finished being mixed, then I'll send it to be mastered, and uh, hopefully that will be released a lot sooner than the book. Uh, but, um, but, yeah, th so those things are done. Uh, the book's done, sort of. You know, the album's done, sort of. Uni is done, sort of. They're all coming to, to fruition at the moment. Uh, and now I'm left here sitting, thinking about, uh, well, wonderful, you know. What's this year been like on the podcast? What have I learned? Uh, what are the lessons that have stu uh, stood out to me? Uh, who are the people who have stood out to me? Um you know, what, what's going to happen going forward? What, uh, what has this year brought about so far for me, uh, in terms of inner knowledge, uh, you know, uh, philosophical knowledge, uh, learning growth, um, you know, changing my perspective, changing my direction, changing, uh, every, every part of me, you know, I'm left with this, uh, this question of how do I take all of this information that has been, you know, enfolded around me uh, throughout the year, uh, and how do I turn that into something uh, that's worthwhile for me and also for all of you? And one of the ways that I'm kind of going to be doing that going forward is uh, on my phone. I have this this note. Uh, you know, you, you've got the Apple Notes. You can go in there and you can write some notes there. And I've got this one note that it's got to be about 15,000 words long, maybe even 20,000 words long now, just of notes that I've been taking throughout the year of certain uh, important lessons, uh, certain, you know, personal lessons, certain pieces of wisdom that I think would be important for me to share. And as many of you will know, I haven't been doing a lot of episodes where I actually just talk to you, uh, you know, one-to-one -one or one-to-all of you. Um, and uh, and that's been because I've I've 
I'm going to be honest with you guys. You know, I've had this really strong sense this year uh, of Simon, shut up. <laughs> you might not be able to tell that from the interviews, uh, but uh, uh, but the the sense has been for me to to. It's been this really strong feeling that listen, take some time to actually really try to think, go through things, learn some real wisdom, some real inner knowledge. You know, I, I kind of think of it in the same way that I discussed with uh, with Brian Murarescu uh, about the kind of idea of uh, Gnosticism or uh, Gnosis, uh, which is, you know, this inner knowledge, this internal knowledge, which is a knowledge of, uh, I guess, the um, the structure of, you know, what we might call the cosmos or the universe. It, look, it all, it all sounds very um, airy-fairy, uh, and to be honest, it, 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 it very well could be. But uh, I've kind of tried to listen to that feeling of, hey, listen, just step back, uh, interview some amazing people, learn some things. But most importantly, Simon, take some time for yourself to sit and to listen and to just... Uh, be in a state where you're being receptive to uh, not just hitting the ground and running and running and running and trying to do more and do more and do more, uh, but actually more along the lines of what Marcus Aurelius said, you know, if, if you want to uh, be happy and do well or something like that, he said, uh, he said, do less, better. Um, and, you know, that's the opposite of what I thought would happen this year. It's very interesting, you know, because uh, what happened this year was, I left my position at the gym where, you know, I was posting on all these social media platforms all the time, you know, very active on, on social media, um, you know, very busy, uh, you know, in the role. Um, and I thought, cool, I'm going to take everything I've learned here and I'm going to come over to the podcast. I'm going to be on Instagram. I'm going to be on Twitter. I'm going to be on Facebook, you know, I'm going to be on YouTube, I'm going to be on the podcast. And that's kind of one of the things that I do in my life. It's 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 really good because it forces me into these situations where, uh, you know, I jump into a situation that is far too complex for me to actually handle. But then what's left over after jumping into that situation is is a place that I probably wouldn't have got uh, gotten if uh, I hadn't have jumped in that deep. So, um, so here I was thinking, cool, I'm going to come out here. I'm going to jump on all these platforms. I'm going to crush the social media. As you may have noticed, if you follow me anywhere, um, I mean, if you follow me on Instagram, Twitter, or um, LinkedIn, I recently deleted those after watching The Social Dilemma. <laughs> so you won't be following me anymore. I'm very sorry that I never mentioned anything to those who, who did follow me on there. Um, and you'll know also that I don't spend a lot of time in the Facebook group at the moment and, uh, and or on my Facebook page. Um, that also has come from a place this year of just feeling this uh, really strong sense of, listen, just back up. Don't just jump all in. Um, on these sorts of things, uh, maybe try to think about what's the core uh, direction that you're being pulled, um, whether it's to do with the podcast or careers or with my coaching practice or, um, you know, with, with, with my study, um, you know, 
and so yeah so that's that's been incredibly interesting this year has been trying to uh trying to listen to those feelings um which have led me down very interesting paths and to a place now where i'm starting to think cool yeah, i'm starting to let the dead wood burn off you know as i said just get rid of instagram don't need it just get rid of twitter don't need it you know linkedin i yeah, I, I can't be bothered spending my time on those places. Um, but uh, but the result of taking that time to step back, the result of taking that time to, you know, metaphorically at least sit and listen and see and be with myself um, and to not be feeling the need to constantly be putting more and more and more out there... Um, has been absolutely invaluable for me. And, uh, and so, as I said, I've got all these notes on my phone that I really want to uh, share with you guys uh, in podcast episodes and also, you know, continue to dive into uh, the philosophical texts. You know, that's another thing that's happened this year is my, my philosophical study in terms of reading has gone way, way back because I've decided to actually listen for a while to those passages from the Stoics where they say, throw away the books. <laughs> I mean, I've bought more books than I've ever had in my life this year. Um, Amazon has made quite a bit of money from me. Um, but uh, but they're sitting on the shelf waiting for uh, that moment where I decide, cool, okay, <laughs> you know, uni is over, the book's done, you know, the album's done. Uh, let me now take some time to actually dig into some, some study. But... Um, but I have found a lot of value in the reframing my perspective and saying, well, okay, well, maybe the most important information that I can get this year is not going to come from a text. Maybe the most important information that I can get this year is going to come from actually listening to uh, my internal world, you know, um, and what's going on in there. Anyway, uh that's my giant uh, rant for today, and I, I think I, I wanted to give you guys something practical and, and talk about something uh, that might be useful that I've been thinking about, and that is the current state of political discussion that we're all having all around the world, but particularly in the United States, and I have to apologize to a few of you. So firstly, uh, I do apologize to those of you who listen to this podcast to get away from the current state of politics at the moment. Um, look, you can shut it off now if you want. However, I will thread some philosophy throughout this little discussion that I want to have with you guys. Uh, um, I, I also do uh, want to say that I do empathize with those of you who say, well, okay, well, Simon, don't start commenting on American politics. You're an Australian. You have no idea. Um, but I will push back just a little bit because I am married to a Texan. My brother is married to a Philadelphian. My sister is married to a Hawaiian. Uh, you know, a lot of my family live in the United States. So, you know, you know, even over here in Australia, we, you know, at least in my family, are still having many of those kind of, uh, you know, tense political discussions, you might say, uh, you know, that have to do with the state of the United States politics at the moment. Um, and so I can empathize with all of you over in America who are having, and around the world, who are having those kinds of conversations. And I really do think that the tension that we see and have seen all throughout this year around the world, but particularly in the United States, the tension that exists around uh, the state of politics is extremely symptomatic 
of what I discussed at the start of the year, uh, which is what I called the kind of assault on middle ground, you know, the assault on common ground between human citizens of the world. And, you know, this has been going for years and years and years building up to this point, but, uh, well, the, these moments of tension within our societies, uh, and, and, you know, the tension from the United States does overflow into other, other countries. I've definitely seen it flow over here to Australia. And it's really interesting to think about how we've all gone down this direction of uh, a certain loss of civility within our communities, within our families, you know, within... within you know, our nations, the way that we talk about politics, the way that we talk about who we're voting for. And now here we are, we're on the doorstep of another US election. Uh, I absolutely love American politics, but, but you know, even this election to me seems it's quite different. There's some interesting dynamics going on uh, and some, some very uh, uh, historical dynamics going on. Uh, you know, you have to take a look at the fact that, as all of you know by now, we have all of these factors colliding. You've got uh, all kinds of political scandal going on. You've got uh, all kinds of tensions in the United States due to the fact that uh, the whole world has just been through this pandemic and is still going through p this pandemic where people have lost their loved ones, their family, uh, people have lost their livelihoods, people have lost their jobs. Uh, there's a lot of anger, there's a lot of fear, uh, there's a lot of widespread of, uh, you know, information. Uh, sometimes the information not so great, sometimes okay, you know, but we're, but we're all kind of just walking around in the dark here. Uh, and uh, and there's, there's a lot of reasons why this election is, is a very, very strange time in history. Uh, and I don't mean strange in that it's any different to the rhythms and rhymes of, of history gone by. You know, I think that Joseph Syracuse was spot on when he said that uh, history doesn't repeat itself, but it definitely rhymes. I know that was a quote from someone else, but uh, the landscape definitely changes. The landscape changes. And so now we have all these different dynamics. And, and I think that what I wanted to discuss in today's episode just quickly was just a few little things that I've been thinking about this year uh, that I think it's really important to all of us be reminded of from time to time. And so here we go, a few pieces of information to remember about politics at the moment. The first one that I want to discuss is that I actually think that there's a lot of wisdom in the idea that you don't talk about politics or religion at the dinner table. And here's the reason there's wisdom in that, because it's actually an incredibly personal decision. You know, whether it's religion or whether it's the person you're voting for, they're incredibly personal decisions that, even though we don't like to admit it, they have much more to do with uh, uh, unchangeable or at least very difficult to change aspects of our nature, like our personality type for example. Uh, there are studies that show that you can predict with a certain degree of, of confidence uh, whether somebody's going to vote right-wing based on 
if if they have high trait conscientiousness in their personality uh, in the big five personality test and you can confidently to a certain degree predict if somebody's going to vote left wing uh, if they have high trait openness in their big five personality test results and and so that's interesting to think about like let that sink in for a moment that there might be a part of you which there is <laughs> which you can't necessarily control, which you can't necessarily control it, uh, which is leading you to vote in a certain way in the election. And, and what would that mean if that was true, which it is? Uh, that would mean that there really is wisdom in the idea of putting politics away for a moment as a conversation piece and to recognize that it's probably far easier to make somebody dig into their beliefs than it is to get them to change uh, their political leanings. And I think that that's the case. And I think that we are seeing that all throughout our societies at the moment with, with people, politicians, uh, media representatives, uh, at every level of society where people, we're seeing people who are far more interested in winning an argument than they are interested in having any sort of productive conversation uh, uh, around uh, the big issues of the time. And I don't think that that's healthy. And I think that it's clear that it's actually leading us towards a very tribal society. Uh, this, this need that we have to win an argument over having a very civil conversation uh, around these sorts of things. Uh, and, and speaking of, of those kinds of uh, interchanges, I think that it's really important that we all remember that we need each other, uh, that, that left does need right and that right does need left. That, that, is, that is wisdom. Uh, that is, is true. Uh, and there is a lot of discussion going on in politics at the moment that is very much um, vilifying the other side. And it's getting to a really kind of, it, it's, it is a dangerous level because there is a point where you need to say, okay, this isn't a two-party system that works as a whole. This is left versus right. This is, we're not working together anymore. Uh, now we are against each other and now our tribe is against your tribe and your tribe is against our tribe. And as many of you will know, you know, the way that the two-party democratic system is supposed to work is as a unified whole. It's not supposed to be left against right and right against left. It's supposed to be left and right working together to make sure that the nation can effectively advance forward uh, into new territories of discovery, of freedoms for the people, of, uh, of knowledge, of understanding, of uh, security for the people, uh, and, and to advance forward effectively so that they don't ruin themselves in the process. And that's why you have progressives, and you have conservatives, progress, conserve. Let's move forward, progress, but let's also not move forward so fast that we don't 
carry with us the traditions, the values, the morals of the past that we have kept with us that have got us to this point, right? So you do have the progressives and the conservatives that are supposed to work in unison so that things don't go too quickly forward, but they also don't stay too far in the back, <laughs> too too far in, in, in his, uh, back in history. Uh, and there's so much wisdom to that system. If we could all just see that that's actually like a brilliant, amazing system that was created, that the, the likelihood that humans would come up with a system like that uh, and that it would actually have worked to the degree that it has in America. Uh, I, I mean, I don't think anyone can really disagree with the fact that we're in a state right now where, seriously, most of the world has it so much better than what humanity has had for the vast portion of history. I would say for 99.9% .9 of history. We are living in one of the most incredible times in history. The technologies that we have, have brought about, uh, the freedoms that we have brought about for a great many people, uh, the, the things that we enjoy as a part of our cultures, uh, it's absolutely staggering to think that we've gotten to this stage. And so you need people who are going to say, let's keep what we've already developed and let's keep that safe and, and let's conserve those things. And you also need people to say, well, there's more that we need. There's more. You know, there's, there's what's the next level of brilliance that we can take our societies to. And I'm not suggesting that uh, the left-wing party is the only one thinking about the brilliance that they can bring to society uh, or that the right-wing party is the only one thinking about how can we conserve values and conserve what we've already created. But that's the sort of narrative that is being built into that system. And so it's so important to remember that just like the yin and the yang, you know, left needs right, right needs left. We need each other. If you've got people in your families, in your communities who you're working with, who uh, vote differently to you or think differently to you when it comes to politics, start those kinds of relationships and conversations with the foundational agreement that we actually need each other and it will be so helpful to you and it will help you to, to not look at the other side as a villain, but to look at them as partners, you know, to look at them as, as, as we are a unified whole here. Uh, and it's really, it's, it's unassuring to see how far we've been pulled from that center, from that, from that unified whole center. It's so, it, it's, it's strange to see how the division is at such a crazy high level at the moment. Uh, and, and that's not safe and it's not good. Uh, so yeah, start with that, start with that understanding that, that we actually need each other and there's wisdom in that. Another thing that I always think about and have, have been really considering this year is just the fact that we now, are, you know, many years into having the internet, but the internet and social media, uh, it seems crazy that anybody would imagine that something like that would come into our society and not have uh, at least one or two uh, extremely dangerous effects. You know, take social media, for example. We all just jumped on social media thinking, 
oh, this will be fun. You know, this is a new thing that's come along. Uh, great opportunity to, I don't know, expand my circle of friends maybe. I don't know if that's actually happened for many people, but, um, you know, great opportunity to keep in touch with people, let people know what I'm doing. Uh, and then you watch a documentary like uh, The Social Dilemma and you see uh, people like Jonathan Haidt talking about... Uh, the insane increases in hospitalizations of, of uh, young women uh, due to anxiety, depression, uh, self-harm, things like that uh, that are happening and that have been clearly linked to an uptake in, in a lot of social media amongst young people. Uh, and you think about the widespread of information faster than it's ever been spread before in history and you think... How could that not be something that is going to uh, require a very careful approach uh, to be fully and safely integrated into our societies? And I think that it's clear right now um, that we, we are seeing uh, the results in our society in the division between people of the fact that whether it's on Google, whether it's on Facebook or Instagram, wherever you get your information, YouTube, wherever it is, the algorithms are literally designed to show you exactly what you want to see. And that is not good for anybody. That's not good for you. That's not good for your society. That's not good for your community. It's not good for anybody. And uh, I'm really interested in the discussions we're having at the moment in society. Uh, um, particularly between intellectuals and, and programmers and people who worked at these companies and these discussions that we're having around well, how do we effectively move forward and maybe fix some of the issues that are happening as a result of these kinds of algorithms, of these kinds of systems that we are all, uh, I, I guess, at, at odds with at the moment. Um, but that's definitely something that is getting in in on the politics side of things and i think that it's kind of one of those moments where we're saying hey we ain't in kansas no more <laughs> you know we've landed in this new place and i i think that the internet and social media had uh, a, a really good run there where everybody was like oh this is just amazing this is gonna uh, this is just gonna change everything and it did and it will continue to change everything and it will continue to advance our societies in really incredibly positive ways i'm not against the internet <laughs> But now we're reaching a point where we're saying, oh, okay, let's pause for a moment and look at what the effects actually are on our minds, on the way that we think, on the way that we talk to each other, on the way that we interact in our societies, and especially online. Um, really interesting dynamics there, and it's really important to think about that when you think about how you're going to uh, make decisions about and interact with people about politics. Um, and on that note, I have found it so helpful this year and beneficial for my mental health to at times just put the phone down, you know, just as all of you will know, uh, I mean, it's just such a healthy practice to step away from the phone, step away from the internet, step away from all of the content Yes, put this podcast down, you know, like move away and just just be in the world. Uh, so valuable. So I hope that you find time for that every so often.
Now, I just have a couple more things that I wanted to discuss on this this topic. The, the, the next one is kind of an idea of really pulling away, pulling ourselves away from this habit that we fall into very, very easily of finding the villain, finding the person who we can say all of our problems lie with that person or this party or this team or that tribe. Uh, it's a very natural part of human nature to do that. It's not necessarily the most helpful thing that you can do uh, or, or the most practical thing that you can do in your life. I, I think that you see this on both sides of the political spectrum. It's, it's really funny to look at the terminology that they use, um, you know, to, to basically spit venom on the other side and to, to vilify the other side. Um, and that's, that's, there's a reason politi politicians do that. It's because they know that it is innately a human nature to want to have a villain on the other side that we, we, we love this hero villain narrative. Um, but I would actually suggest that before you go blaming your politicians, before you go blaming your political parties or the teams or the tribes, pull it right back and say, what am I doing in my own life that is contributing to this kind of situation in my nation or in my world? And you'll be surprised or not <laughs> to find that there are some things that you could do in your own life right now that will actually lead to potential changes in the society uh, to a direction that you might uh, believe that you want it to go. So, for example, uh, you know, we all talk about the, say, the crazy division that's going on between the parties at the moment, between the left and the right. We talk about the, the insane division that we all have in, in between ourselves uh, and, and the tribalism that's going on. Well, I mean, what kind of, I, I, I'll give you an example for myself, right? I go on YouTube and if I want to get some political news, I'll, I might, you know, scroll down the, the suggestions, take a look. I might, uh, I might, uh, chuck in a search for, you know, the news of the day, something like that. I can recognize that as a part of my nature as a human being, I am being drawn into those videos that have clickbaity titles, clickbaity images, uh, and things that portray the us versus them narrative or the uh, this person's getting this person narrative or that person's getting back at this person narrative. It's all too easy to fall into that trap. Right. And so at every level of society, it's like, okay, what are you, you going to blame the media uh, for the fact that we're all so divided? Well, I mean, who's the, who are the people who are watching the media? Who are the people who are falling for that trap time and time and again? Uh, there's a reason why uh, these very partisan media stations uh, in the United States, let's take CNN and Fox, there's a reason why uh, a lot of their stuff gets such high ratings. It's because they have a tribe and they play to their tribe. Everybody knows that. Well, one of the things that we can all do is to try and stop allowing ourselves to be pulled into that 
that tribal warfare kind of way of getting information. And it's really hard to do that because everybody does it now because absolutely nobody on the internet is incentivized to be partial, sensible, to give regular titles to their content, uh, to uh, speak in a bipartisan manner about these issues. Nobody is incentivized to do that because there's tribes. And if you're on the internet and you don't have your tribe and you don't play to your tribe, then you don't have an audience. So, you know, I guess the, the message that I'm trying to get at here uh, is that it's all too easy for us to think that the problem lies at the top when, you know, we're all down here at the bottom feeding on this and we love it and we're drawn to it. And you know you are <laughs> because you're human. There's nothing wrong with that uh, as, as long as you know that uh, we're all a bunch of fish, you know, and there's a whole bunch of hooks and we're just going around biting those hooks. And, uh, and the sooner we can learn what's on the other end of those hooks, uh, which is the society maybe not going in a direction that we want it to go, uh, the sooner we can start maybe making some wiser decisions about the way that we take in content, for example, the way that we have conversations with people, for example. And I guess the last thing that I wanted to talk about that's been really on my mind is just when it comes to, to politics, when it comes to our communities and our families and the things that we talk about, uh, but particularly with politics at the moment, there's a lot of anxiety out there at the moment. There's a lot of chaos going on out there at the moment. There is. Uh, there's a lot of fear. There is a lot of fear out there at the moment. I mean, America, you guys have some crazy-ass ads, <laughs> advertisements on the TV. Uh, oh, my gosh. Like, uh, some of the advertisements that they have over there, it, it's like, I don't know how it's legal anymore to make advertisements that incite that amount of fear. It's so unhealthy for people. Um, but... There's a lot of fear, there's a lot of anxiety, there's a lot of panic, there's a lot of, uh, you know, you look at the statistics that show that if one side wins, the other side is likely to feel that they won unfairly and it's the same with the other side. Uh, public trust is down. Two really important things that I think we all need to remember at this kind of time. Number one is gratitude. We all need to remember gratitude. We all need to have a sense of a deep gratitude for the fact that we get to live in these societies where we do have it better than 99.999% of history. And I know that for a lot of you, it's absolutely rough right now. I know that a lot of you have lost family. I know that a lot of you may have lost your job or your livelihood and this has been a crazy year for so many people, and I empathize with that. But as we always talk about here on the podcast, gratitude is one of those miracle cures. Uh, not a cure, I, I wouldn't say. Uh, it's, it's a miracle uh, uh, therapy for the soul uh, to remember the things that you do have that make uh, your life worth living, to remember the things that you do have that... Uh, that Maybe not a lot of people do have. Uh, remember that uh, despite the chaos and the fear and the anxiety that is rushing through a place like America at the moment and around the world, there's a lot of people who, as I talked about with 
uh, with a few of my guests, you know, they, they wake up every day and it's just fight or flight. They wake up every day. They don't know what they're going to eat, where they're going to get water. Uh, they wake up every day in literal chaos. Um, and so I think in a nation like America or Australia or England or, you know, any of these, you know, first world nations where we are actually genuinely extremely lucky to have what we have, gratitude is so important because um, that's what's going to eradicate a lot of your resentment, your anger, your fear. Um, that's the that's the attitude of gratitude that is going to help you to gain some perspective in your life about what really matters. And the second thing that we really need to remember, uh, which goes hand in hand with gratitude, is duty. You know, um, who are you indebted to uh, because of the wonderful things in your life, uh, the things you have to be grateful for? What does that mean about your duty uh, to your family, to your community, to yourself, uh, to, to your nation? For all of you who may have already voted or are about to vote in the United States election, what does it mean to be a citizen of the United States? What does that give you in terms of a duty to your nation? Uh, something to think about, something to really consider. And uh, I think that that's everything that I have to say for today. And I, let me be the first to admit uh, that most of what I've said today may just be the ramblings of a young man with a very, very old soul. <laughs> um, you know, maybe this is a bunch of rambling and, uh, and I, I hope that there were one or two pieces of wisdom within what I've said today that you can take away and use, or I hope that there's one or two things that I've reminded you of today, uh, that will be useful to you, uh, going forward but uh but i do apologize if most of it was just a, a some dribblings out of the mouth of uh of somebody who maybe doesn't have the sufficient amount of knowledge at hand for these kinds of difficult to topics uh, but I'm glad that I got it off my chest because now I don't have to talk about it anymore and I, I, can stop, uh, I can stop thinking about all the things that I want to say on this podcast to do with politics and we can get back to philosophy and, and, uh, and, and good stuff like that that um, can maybe be a little bit of a release for your soul from the standard uh, dribblings of political speech in the world today. Uh, but... Uh, apart from that, I also do apologize for the amount of times that I say, you know, um, during this, this episode, um, I'm going to try and get better at it. Uh, and in the coming weeks, so I'm away on a bit of a, a business trip with my wife, uh, going up the coast of Queensland every year. We take this trip and, and install Christmas decorations of all things, as many of you will know, um, for my parents' company. And, uh, so we're going to be doing that. Uh, so that's going to be very busy, and uh, but also a good time. Um, and over that time, I'm going to plan uh, a few episodes talking about the wisdom of Miles Davis, as I mentioned at the start of this episode. Because uh, I think that a lot of the things that I've learned about uh, his philosophy of life and creativity have really influenced the way that I think about uh, myself as a human being and also myself as somebody who is uh, aiming at least at being a philosopher, you know, somebody who wants to 
practice in the tradition and art of uh, the search for true wisdom. Uh, and so, yeah, I've learned so much from, from watching Miles Davis interviews and reading books about him and all sorts of things. And I've just recently written an essay, uh, which is my last essay that I handed into university. You can actually read that. It's on my website. It's called The Miles Method, uh, A Theory of Transformative Artistry. Um, but I, I think a lot of you will get a lot of value out of that um, philosophically uh, because of the, the wisdom that Miles uh, gave, for, not only for artists and, uh, and creators, but also just for, for everybody in your everyday life. So I'm not going to read that whole essay, I don't think, on here because it's specifically uh, aimed, um, as I mentioned, at, at kind of artists, creatives, and not that a lot of you might not be creative or artists, but... You might not necessarily be interested in that, but what I am going to do is uh, get a few of the the favorite bits of wisdom from him and, and discuss those ideas in greater depth um, over the coming weeks. Um, so I, I really do hope that uh, despite the fact that it's not coming from a stoic, uh, you guys will find some value and some, some wisdom in those episodes. And uh, I'll see you when I'm back in a few weeks and we can get back into some deep philosophy. I can't wait. Uh, I love and care about you all. Thank you so much for listening to this. Um, to those of you in America, have a wonderful election. Uh, I hope that it goes well and that uh, we see, as we always have, um, or most of the time have, a peaceful transfer. Um, and uh, I'll be watching from here in, in Australia uh, with my wife uh, on our road trip. And, uh, and uh, good luck. And, um, and to all of you, have a wonderful time. Talk to you next week. Thank you so much for listening to this episode of the Practical Stoic Podcast. If you'd like to sign up for email updates, join my Patreon meetup groups that we hold weekly, or if you'd like to offer feedback or suggestions for future guests or topics on the show, then you can head to simonjedrew.com. There you'll also find information about how we can work one-on-one together with my alignment coaching based around the philosophical principles found in Stoicism. Finally, if you are on Facebook, then I'd love to see you in our group, The Practical Stoic Mastermind. But hey, I hope you've enjoyed this episode, and I'll talk to you next time.